Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, that, but we are all still a little a rumble here because Ryan Clark just told maybe the funniest joke I've ever heard <laughs> to finish Get Up, and we're trying to recover with RC and Rex Ryan here talking football with us. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. It is caught, but he's tackled. Tackled to C.D. Lamb at the two-yard line, and the game is over, the Eagles win. We had chances to win that game. I don't, I don't really think we were fighting back. It's the Evan Flower football game. I mean, that's the way these games go. All right, I'm still laughing, but it was no laughing matter. We got ourselves the game of the year yesterday. Cowboys and Eagles with everything that was at stake and all the hype and build up. And as these teams tend to do, they more than lived up to it. Great game yesterday. Rex Ryan, Ryan Clark, good enough to hang out after we finish Get Up. I'm going to finish the segment with RC telling that joke again because it was just so good. I want this audience <laughs> to hear it. But if you tell it now, we'll never get through the next 15 <laughs> minutes talking football. So let's start there. Rex, you opened Get Up this morning, I thought, with a great explanation of the good news and the bad news if you're a fan of the Cowboys. Yeah, the good news is Dak Prescott played fantastic. I mean, oh, my gosh. But you, and I don't think I've ever seen him play better, Greeny. Mm-hmm. But you know what the bad news is? Mm-hmm. That Dak Prescott played fantastic. I don't think I've ever seen him play better, Greeny. <laughs> yeah. So the same thing. I mean, you still couldn't win the game with Dak Prescott playing phenomenally something that we didn't get into as much on the tv show because i forgot about it until we were in the moment and we were running it i'm sure i'm going to talk to an audience that i'm assuming watched this game if i have to explain to you all the things that happened in this game you're listening to the wrong show because it it was it was an epic slugfest but that final sequence where they've got first and goal from the six rc now they move back with the five yard penalty and then the huge play on the sack now, we can talk all morning long. It sounded to me like Shannon Sharp, when he came on with us, was blaming Dak. You can't take that sack. Yeah. You and Marcus were making the point, the right tackle gets beat so badly yeah, and hard. so quickly on that play. Maybe it's not on Dak. But then the moment, in that moment, when he gets sacked, Greg Olson is yelling on the television, yeah. get back there and clock it, get back there and clock it. Get, you don't have time to run another play here. It's only, it's only, at that moment, it's only second down. Yeah. You have time to clock it and still throw two balls into the end zone. Instead, they try and run a play. He winds up basically having to throw it away. There's five seconds left. They only get one play off. I feel like that's been a little under, at least by us, a little, that moment is a little undersold. Yeah, maybe we didn't didn't talk about it enough because it also makes me think when you are explaining the sequence, Greeny, is that during that time, Mike McCarthy can speak to Dak Prescott, Mm -hmm. right? So Dak Prescott is able to get, whatever information he needs directly from the head coach and play caller in that moment. And you should know before that play as a coach, and Rex can speak to this better than me, Rex is already going through the scenarios with this offensive coordinator. If we get this amount of yardage, if we get here, if we get sacked. And so at that point, they should have the next play already dialed up. And what we've seen from them, if you take it all the way back to San Francisco three seasons ago, was that they aren't prepared for those moments. They don't know how to adjust in those moments. And I guess one time is like, okay, it just happened. Right. But now this has become consistent with the Dallas Cowboys. This has become a habit. And so, you know, I started this morning like so encouraged by the way Dak Prescott played. Yeah. And the more I listened to Rex talk and give us the finer points of coaching, the more you pointed out the different sequencing that didn't go as they should have gone. 
I'm starting. I'm, I'm like, now, like, damn, you're right. Mm. It is the same old Dallas Cowboys. I, I want to yeah. make sure I'm being fair here, Rex, because you were a head coach. So in that moment, so Greg Olson, but there's only one person's opinion, is right. yelling clock it. Now, maybe there's a school of thought that, well, the defense isn't going to be very organized, so maybe we want to run a play, and you think that maybe the defense will mess. Take me through that. When the quarterback gets sacked, what's happening in that, you know, in the four seconds that you've got to get everything yeah, done? Yeah, you've got to clock that thing. There, there's no ands or buts got about it. it. Got Dude, it. That ball it. has to be clocked, and now you get the play you want. Right. You're not just, even if it's just a one-word thing, so what? Why are you, what are you gaining by it? Get them in the huddle. You can get your, your play called. The biggest thing to me is there's two things. The delay of game is the worst thing that can absolutely happen to you, which is later. But when they say the quarterback, because I agree, you can't take a sack there, then why the hell are you blocking with just five guys Mm. in that situation? That's the thing. Yeah, Dak can't take a sack. You can't put him in that situation where your tackle is going to beat yeah. like a drum consistently all day, and you're going to put that on the quarterback? That's BS. So to me, start by your protection first. You know the ball has to get in the end zone. Why the hell are you just uh, protecting with five guys? I don't get it. you got one-on-ones on both tackles. That, to me, that's as big a mistake as it is uh, more so on, on the coach than it is the quarterback. Yeah, I mean – and. The, for, for, the, for the Dallas Cowboys, it's when does it happen? When does this iteration of the team, of the Dallas Cowboys, get the big win? When do we come in here on a Monday morning and say that that statement against a very good football team was the statement the Dallas Cowboys needed to make? And that's the discouraging part. What is encouraging is when you listen to Micah Parsons, who to me is the most talented player on that team, it was the first time I felt like he was talking about the best player yeah. on that yeah. team, the most important player on that team, which is Dak Prescott. And I think in now having that belief, everyone else has to step up behind him. Everyone else has to step up around him. And that starts with Mike McCarthy at the coaching position. It goes to the offensive line. It goes to the run game. And a defense that had to be feeling before today – We only win when we turn the football over constantly, when we put constant pressure. Now it's let's just do our part because we have a quarterback that will. Look, I mean, they they so dominated the fourth quarter of that game. The the Eagles only had 14 yards of offense in the fourth quarter. Situations were what they were, but those are the numbers. The Cowboys, however, had three trips inside the 10 and came away with a total of six Six points. points. And that's how you wind up losing these games. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. RC, you made a really interesting point this morning. The Baltimore Ravens are right now playing like the best team in the NFL. They either are or they aren't. We'll find out. They're playing like they're the best and the point you made about two, the, two of their last three wins was an excellent one. Yeah, you look at the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks. These are two teams that are or were division leaders at the time. They were going to Baltimore to show the entire world we belong in the upper echelon of the NFC. We should be talked about with Philly and San Francisco and Dallas. And they left there with us saying, we don't know if this team's good at all. Yeah. Which you, I think you said it was what, 75 to 9. 75 to 9, uh, the two games. In, in the combined total in those two games. And it wasn't just the scoreboard, it was actually that dominant. Sometimes you can watch a game and you say, well, this player was hurt. And Rex did mention Detroit was missing three offensive linemen. But when the team's missing three offensive linemen, you got to make them look like it. 
Right. You got to put pressure on their quarterback. Mm -hmm. You have to make you have to show that there's an inability for them to run the football on you. And then offensively, the Baltimore Ravens have shown, yeah, if we need to spread it out. And now our wide receivers, as they're understanding building chemistry with Lamar Jackson are making plays. But it's still Gus Edwards. It's still Justice Hill. It's still Lamar Jackson. And you add that to what Mike McDonald is doing defensively. When you look at the top of the AFC, I think it starts with the Baltimore Ravens. And then 1B to me is the Cincinnati Bengals with a healthy Joe Burrow. And that leaves the Kansas City uh, Chiefs out of my top two. Yeah, no, and I, I totally agree with you on that. One team I think is way under the radar is the Cleveland Browns. Mm, mm, mm. They gave up. That's who Baltimore plays this week. Yeah, Big and game. they gave up 58 yards. 58 yards. To Arizona I, yesterday. Who yeah, kinda, but yeah. I don't care if you're playing a I Division One school. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that, that's unheard of. So, to me, and you get Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson can get back to those days, like, like how he played in Houston. Yesterday this pretty team good too. is going to be like they can play with anybody. And, again, they get to prove it because they go to the Ravens this week. Yeah. I'll say this. I want to give credit to Kimberly Martin, who is the first lady of the Church of Get Up. Um, <laughs> she is. She is. Uh, on, on Thursdays, Damian Woody is the bishop, and she is the first lady of our church. And she said before the season, all four AFC North teams are going to make the playoffs. That was her big, bold prediction. If the season ended today, and I know it doesn't, all four of those teams would be in the playoffs. So for one thing or another, they're looking good. Next, C.J. Stroud. Man. He is him. <laughs> it, it took me a little while to figure out what that means. But now that I know what it means to say someone is him, C.J. Stroud that encompasses guy. it in every single yeah, way. Yeah, he's, he you know, uh, like they say, man, he is Timothy Johnson the third. Yes. You know, with the way that he not only plays but leads, Greeny, with the confidence in which he took the field after Baker Mayfield scored late in that game. After Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drive down and, and put themselves in a position where they should win. Where if you're talking about Anthony Richardson, or I think if you're talking about Will Levis, if you're talking about Bryce Young, you don't expect that team to score. I expected them to score. More importantly, the Houston Texans expected to score. And C.J. Stroud made every correct decision. He made every precise throw. And he did it for the entire game. And here's something we didn't get to talk about. Last week was his worst and most disappointing outing. The Houston, Houston Texans aren't going to be favored very often, at least early on in the season. But they were favored to beat the Carolina Panthers. He was going against his childhood friend Bryce Young, who was the number one overall pick. And he got outplayed. And the Carolina Panthers won. And so what do you have to do the next week? You have to show that you can rebound. You have to show that you can respond. Let's see who you are in moments of adversity. And I think some of the adversities that C.J. Stroud has gone through in life that we haven't necessarily highlighted has, have made him a better man, a better leader, and such a mature person for this position, and we're seeing it through his play. Well, let's highlight them briefly here because you told a great story on Get Up, and the, the beauty of a show like this is that we do have the ability to go into it. So when we were doing the draft this year in Kansas City, I, the morning of the first round, I came down to the hotel, and if you guys were there, you know that like all Everybody's the players there. and their families right. and everyone, were, yep. we were all staying in the same hotel. So I happen, it's one of those breakfast buffets, so I'm, I'm seated next to a family, and it turns out it's C.J. Stroud's family. Uh, and I just got to chatting with them a little bit, and I was struck by, um, uh, to me it was just like a, my God, what an incredible moment yes. this is. I mean, you've, your whole life you've waited, and here it's going to come. 
Um, but you told the story of, of some of the circumstances. Yes, his father, of his, his, his father was a pastor. His father uh, was eventually put in prison. And he said very early on in that he was upset. He was mad. He was hurt. Obviously, he felt that he had been betrayed not only by his father going to jail, but by the people of the church who turned their backs on him. And he said he didn't talk to his dad for a while. And he said he lost his faith. And he talked about his freshman year finding his faith at Ohio State. He talked about finally opening up back to having a relationship with his father and how that had changed his life. Now think about the C.J. Stroud that makes sure every one of his teammates has part of his NIL money as well. The C.J. Stroud that invites married couples and families over to his house to have dinner and to hang out weekly because he feels like having that sort of family atmosphere is important. What makes you want to have that family atmosphere, Greeny, when you've lost pieces of yours? Right. And adversity changes everyone, some for the better, some for the worse. It's changed C.J. Stroud for the better, and they don't follow him like the rookie quarterback they were forced into naming a captain. They follow him like the quarterback they made, they, uh, they made captain because he earned it, and he's earning it every week in Houston. I yeah. was so glad you told that story. Oh, Go man. ahead, Rex. Yeah. That's incredible. And, I mean, way more important than what I'm going to tell you about him as a player, what I see on the field. C.J. Stroud is in the top five in the National Football League, throwing the ball from the pocket, in the red zone, and in the fourth quarter. And he's doing it as a rookie. Yeah, that's crazy. Top five. That's and crazy. so here he is. He's the second guy taken in this year's draft. Where would he be taken if you had all quarterbacks available right now in, in, in the draft? Yeah. Right now, I would take him in the top five in the National Football League. This kid is blowing me away. I don't know if, if people realize how hard it is. That's what I was going to ask as, you, as a, I've had, you know, two well, you rookie You had Sanchez as a rookie, yeah. And, and I had Geno Smith as a rookie. Right. Okay? But as a rookie head coach, I had a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you, that ain't easy. Mm-hmm. And we found a way. We, we won enough to get in the playoffs. Maybe this kid can do the same thing. Yeah, same circumstance, right? A, yep. a, a defensive guy coming in as a first-time head coach. He's got a rookie quarterback. Not a lot expected from that team. And boom, here they are. And, They're the pleasant surprise. And, of and you know what, too, really Greeny? I love the way you set things up and paint pictures. It is D'Amico Ryans, who's this defensive guy, right? Yeah. A defensive coordinator. And so it's not one of those things where you're bringing in or drafting a quarterback that's young that's going to have this offensive guru personally or, or, or someone that's leading the team and so a lot of that he's going to have to learn with this quarterback coach learn with this offensive coordinator and for D'Amico Ryans to be able to sit back on the sideline and have a level of confidence in his quarterback that we can win because of him I don't have to make game plans throughout the week to find a way to play around my young quarterback I can play through my young quarterback that has to build a certain confidence level in going into every game saying, I don't feel like we're outmanned at that position. Yeah, look, not to belabor the point, and Bryce Young may still have a wonderful yes. career. I hope he turns out to be a great player. Too. But all we talked about going into the draft was whoever Carolina takes, boy, they're set up. They've got the, the yeah. Frank Reich as the head coach. They've got the offensive coordinator. They've got Andy Dalton as a backup. They've got a better roster. Like, we all thought whoever went there was the lucky one, and who went to Houston was the one who gets the short end of the stick. And as it turns out... It's Stroud who's winning all these games and playing great. We've learned that the skill players 
in Houston are better than we gave them credit for. Oh, my goodness. When yes. you look at the Nico Collinses, the, the, the Noah Browns, right, Dalton Schultz at the tight end position, the skill players, Tank Dell, who was drafted along, yep. like, along with C.J. Stroud, the skill players there have made plays. You look at the catch by Noah Brown, it ends up being a 70-plus yard touchdown. That's a run after the catch as well. CJ puts it on him for sure, but it's making a big play. Tank Dell, the young rookie, getting his feet down on the post corner, running the precise route on the post to score a touchdown. I think I'm just really – when you watch this team, you have to be impressed by the way they've navigated the young season. But the Not two that. biggest decisions an organization makes, yeah. you got to hit on both. you got to get the, the head coach right because these are the face of your franchise right. and the quarterback right. And I promise you one thing, it's pretty obvious Houston hit on both of them. So far, it couldn't be going any better. I could do this all day long. Guys, I love you. Thank you. RC, Rex Ryan, the best. We're live at the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. My takes are next on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. So now we are looking forward to this. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. The assembled members of the hashtag crew have indeed assembled around us. Hembo is back from a vacation in which he, from what I can tell, did absolutely nothing. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. Hembo and Cam are happy. They're Eagle fans. Bubba is sad. He's a Cowboy fan. In fact, Bubba texted me yesterday right as the Cowboys game was starting. I recorded a little promo for today's show for him, and I texted it to him. And he wrote back to me, thanks. Let's go, Cowboys. And unfortunately, as they always seem to, they came up just a few inches and just a few seconds short. So at some point during today's program, Bubba will sing Fly Eagles Fly live on this show as punishment for his defeat. Bubba, how do you feel? Not great. 
Not so good. Not great, Bob. Not he's, war- so good. he's warming up the pipes back here. <laughs> this is going to be good. <clears throat> All right. So at some point today, he will sing that song. Uh, we will get into my takes here in 30 seconds after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, let's go. Greenies takes. I'm not going to lie to you. I could have done 15 of these today. This was. To me, by far, the most compelling weekend so far of the NFL season. I'll do my best to pare them down to my favorite five, and then we'll work our way from there. Number five. I think Joshua Dobbs is now my favorite player in the NFL. I love this guy. He gets traded to Arizona before the season started. He shows up like on a Monday. He winds up starting on a Sunday. Plays great. Keeps that team respectable, a team that doesn't want to be respectable because they are so embarrassingly and obviously tanking their season. He was playing too well, so they had to trade him out of there. They get him to Minnesota, where he shows up yesterday, has never met anyone. He did not take a single snap in practice, not one. Of course what happens then is the rookie Jaron Hall gets a concussion like in the first minute of the game, and Dobbs plays the whole game, plays out of his mind, and they win. He has become my favorite story and my favorite player in the whole league, and I've never met him. We know he's brilliant, right? The, the, the broadcast talks about that like every game. But he is genuinely a rocket scientist. But it also, uh, also should be mentioned that he's just good. Like Josh Dobbs is, I, would, I don't know, somewhere between like the 15th and 20th best quarterback in the world right That's now. That's what I'm saying. So, what? Well, so let me tell you what happens, okay? What? So I, what? 15th best quarterback? So, so maybe it's not 15th, but here's the point. Okay, yesterday, Bubba, I tweet during that game, there aren't 32 quarterbacks in the NFL better than Josh Dobbs. He should be someone's starter next year. To which Booger wrote back, okay, who are you replacing? Yeah, I'm and not even sure that's true. There was, are you kidding me? He's 1-9 in nine in his career. Oh, please. Have you seen the teams and the circumstances that he's playing on? I'll, I'll grant you what he did yesterday was impressive, but... I mean, all maybe, year. Who is he? Be- who are the people you said he's better than? He's by far better than anyone they have in Arizona. It's not even close. They traded him because he gave them too good a chance to win. They traded him. They had fifty-seven yards of offense yesterday. <laughs> they couldn't get rid of him Come on. fast enough. I said he's Bubba somewhere between the fifteenth and twentieth best quarterback in the league right now. He's eighteenth in QBR. Matthew Stafford is seventeenth. Derek Carr is nineteenth. The reason they traded him is because he was too good for their tanking plan. That's exactly right. He was he was upsetting the tank. He, he was too he's too good for the tank. So I, I think he is. I don't know if he's fifteenth, but I think he's way better than 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 Booger and Bubba are making him sound. Number four. I'll tell you who no one is questioning. It took me a little while to come to terms with this expression, but now I kind of like it. C.J. Stroud is him. That kid is incredible. And I hope you're with us about 10 minutes ago when R.C. told the extraordinary story of his upbringing and the challenges that he faced. His father, who was a pastor, went to prison. And C.J. Stroud was so devastated by that. And it really impacted who he was as a young person. And, And that can push you in one direction or the other. And obviously, and this is an enormous credit to the people who've remained in his life and everything else, it has pushed him into a place where he is a terrific kid. And purely by chance, as I mentioned, I I had breakfast with his family on the day of the draft, and I was struck by the enormity of it. 
it was one of those days where you know you go into something and it's an assignment you know for me this is work i'm here to do my job tonight and i'm i've got my facts and all that kind of stuff in front of me and i'm trying to you know plan when i'm going to eat like for me this is just a job and that was a really good reality moment for me as i sat there talking to i remember it was his cousins and an uncle and i remember it occurred to me like this is these people's lives this is a, a moment in which these people's lives are being changed forever um, and, and so just for that reason, I, I, I have rooted for him. And the kid is terrific. He's so much. No one can say they expected him to be this good because no rookie has ever been this good. The only people that expected him to be this good were them, was the Houston Texans, because the very next pick, they traded their first round pick this year for Will Anderson. And I asked myself, why are they trading what is likely to be a top five pick? Well, as it turns out, they're a lot better, a lot more talented than we realized at the time. That might be a playoff team. That might be the 20th pick in the draft. They knew they could be at least an average team this year, which they are right now. Absolutely. They're, they're, they are a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Rex was just talking about going to the playoffs with a rookie starting quarterback. They could do that against all conceivable odds. Number three. Number three. I wonder if Josh McDaniels watched the Raiders play yesterday. Now, maybe if you're Josh McDaniels, you don't watch that game. They just fired you. Your team is going on without you. Maybe the last thing on earth you want to do is watch that game. I would understand that. But I sure would love to have seen his face if he was watching it. The fact that they played so well and won is not even, to me, the headline of the story. But the degree of joy that they played with. And we made the point last week, has any team after their coach got fired just dumped on the previous guy as publicly as these guys are willing to do. They hated him. Hated him. And when they dump him and they and they, they bench Garoppolo and now you're starting Aiden O'Connell, you got Antonio Pierce in there, they played like kids. I mean that in the best way. They played like they were playing a game again. Josh McDaniels obviously made them and it miserable. So I have to believe if Josh McDaniels wasn't ashamed as he watched what was going on, then he just doesn't have human emotions. Yeah, this guy should send... Tom Brady a gallon of avocado ice cream because with four and a half years and with $45 million left on his contract, all of which he will receive, he was fired, he was let go. Tom Brady has made that guy and a lot of other guys a lot of money in the NFL because he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived. Well, listen, lose the music a second here. Something just has to be said. So back in the day, and I'm going all the way back, Phil Jackson was considered a great NBA coach because his teams were winning championships all the time. And the foundation of what they did, what sort of made them stand out from a coaching standpoint, was they ran the triangle offense. He had an assistant coach on his team named Tex Winter, who was rightly put into the Hall of Fame, who was sort of the architect of that triangle offense. And Phil believed in it, and they ran the triangle offense. And there was all this talk about the triangle. And Jeff Van Gundy, who in those days was coaching the arch-rival Knicks, Loved to tweak Phil. He loved it. Loved to tweak Phil. So one day he called the media around him and he's standing in front of a whiteboard. And he says, do you guys want me to diagram the triangle for you? And everyone was like, yeah, let's see that. And he turned around and he just wrote 23 on the board. He basically said, they've got Michael Jordan and we don't. You can stick the triangle wherever you want. They're beating everybody because they have the best player. What does that have to do with this? I'm glad you asked. The Patriot way. The Patriot way of Bill Belichick is also the Patriot way of, among others, and help me with the ones I'm leaving out, Bill O'Brien, Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cronell, 
Josh McDaniels. Who are the other? Oh, um, uh, the the guy with the beard uh, uh, who coached Matt Patricia. The, uh, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, all of the Patriot assistants are awful. The one thing they all have in common is they are terrible head coaches. Why? We always assumed it was because they try to adopt Belichick's persona without his expertise. The truth is, when one wonders about the Patriot way today, maybe one just wants to write a 12 on the board. It is starting to feel increasingly like that. Now, I'm never going to be one who's going to take credit away from Bill. I think he is an outstanding coach and historically great coach and deserves an enormous amount of credit. But with every passing day, it becomes harder and harder to avoid what appears to be the case, that the Patriots were about Brady first and foremost and then everything else. Is that fair? I think it is fair. Using Josh McDaniels here as our jumping off point, these are the ranks of, of his five offenses away from Tom Brady in both Denver with the Rams and the Raiders. 18th, 29th, 32nd, 22nd, and at the time he left the Raiders, at the time he was fired this year, 30th. Tom Brady is responsible for so much of this. I think for the longest time, he and Bill obviously held hands. And the first three titles that they won together, I think were at least a 50-50 split, even if not more so Bill than Brady. But he eventually became the best quarterback of all time. And then at least for the second half of their run, that sort of iteration of their dynasty, Brady deserves an enormous amount of disproportionate credit, as is evidenced by what they did in Tampa in 2020 and how the Patriots have looked since he left. All right, so start the music back up again. It's Greeny's Takes with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. That was number three. So, number two, the Giants have hit rock bottom. I'm not sure how much worse things can get than they are. The Giants, who were the good news story, whatever the word I'm looking for is, the stunningly positive story last year, and their quarterback got paid all that money, and their coach was the coach of the year, and they were the darling of the season. The Raiders just beat him by 24 points yesterday after firing everyone, starting a rookie. The Giants look as bad as an NFL team can possibly look. And Daniel Jones is probably done. Yeah, he probably has, or at least they fear he has a torn ACL. If the season ended today, they'd have the fourth pick in the draft. And as we know, he has an out in this contract, or they have an out after next season. Has Daniel Jones played his last snap ever for the Giants? If that ACL it, 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 is yeah, torn. It's possible. The, the only way it doesn't is if they draft a quarterback and they let Jones start next year and they groom some young kid. But how long will it take for him to recover from a torn ACL? Well... I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back from an Achilles in eight weeks. So, I mean, or, or excuse me, in 12 weeks. So, it's not unreasonable to say he might be able to start next season. Fair enough. We don't know one way or the other. But the, the question you're asking is a good one. By the way, they're going to finish with better than the fourth pick. I they're think, not winning another game yeah, this I year. With right. Tommy DeVito as their quarterback? <laughs> I, I, I'm asking you a serious question. Uh-huh. Is Danny DeVito a better quarterback? <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Have you watched them play offense with yeah, Tommy it DeVito is. at quarterback? Heinous. How it's is, the how, worst offense in NFL history. How is that the best that they can I do? I have no idea. How is that? This is still an NFL player. There's still, still NFL players on mm-hmm. the field. It's, it's unimaginable. They have a, Last year, the Miami Dolphins were on their third quarter. What's his name? Skylar Thompson? Mm-hmm. And, and, and they, they almost beat Buffalo on the road in a playoff game. This team cannot throw a pass. With Tommy DeVito at court? How is he on their team? What the hell is going on? 
It's 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 the, in quarterback in order. It's Danny DeVito. Then it's Liberty DeVito, who I think is the drummer for Billy Joel's band. And then it's Tommy DeVito. Um, can someone explain to me why they didn't trade Saquon Barkley? Like, that's going to be... Because so the much. owner likes him. Oh, who cares? That, that's why. Oh, my God. What a well, ridiculous thing. Because the owners get to do whatever they want. That's why. Because the owner is the one person who has 100% job security. That's why. All right, we're number one. Number one. And we talked so much about this game at the beginning. I mean, for once... You can't blame this on Dak, and I'm going to give Bubba the, the, the floor here. I mean, that was a game that lived up to the hype and then some. It was an extraordinary football game to watch. It was as compelling as any game in the NFL this season. Dak Prescott was the best player on the field, I thought. There were 106 players eligible to play in that game. I thought he was the best, and yet, as they always do, they came up inches and seconds short. Bubba, the floor is yours. No, I mean, I agree with you. I think this is a prime example where, I mean, I've been a huge Dak supporter for all this time, but anytime you even consider thinking like, oh, we got to move on from him, he has games like this where he just he pulls you right back in because he is, in the end, a really good quarterback, or at least can be, and he shows it a decent amount of time. So that's the very confounding thing. The frustrating thing, obviously, is everything else. You know, so many drops, Gallup drops, tight end drops, more questionable things from McCarthy. It's frustrating because he, he he can't do it all on his own, and he he did more than enough to win the game two times over. And it's just frustrating because it, it was a very exciting and fun game to watch. But it's and I, I I came away from the game frustrated and disappointed, but still confident that this team can have a run in the playoffs. If anything, that loss to the Cardinals really looms larger right now because they really have a very, very small margin of error right now. So I think they just got to make sure they, they, they win at least their next – I think they have to go they're undefeated until they face the Eagles. Um, so that's why I think that Cardinals loss is really huge. But, I mean, yeah, Dak was unbelievable. Um, he, just, he just can't make up for everyone else's mistakes, mm-hmm. and that's what kills him. It, it, what I said – and we're going to get Hembo and Cam in on this as well because we have the Cowboys versus the Eagles on our show, and again – Bubba will sing Fly Eagles Fly live on this program a little later this morning. If you just landed on Earth from another planet and had never seen either team play, didn't know their reputations or anything, you would say, oh, the team in the white is way better than the team in the green. I I think that's the impression you would have come away with. So the question is, how did the team in the white manage somehow, as they always do, to lose? We'll answer that question next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Are you still looking for amazing gifts? A total at Total Wine and more. You'll find gifts for everyone on your list with the lowest prices for over 30 years. You'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine and more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Um, I'll get back to the um, college, excuse me, to the NFL stuff in just a minute, but I am looking. Someone just sent me, John Fink of the Get Up staff just sent me this 
tweet from Pete Thamel that I feel like I should read. He writes, he covers college football for us. Don't expect any action by the Big Ten in the Michigan sign-stealing case for at least the next 48 hours, as the league's sportsmanship rules allow for a reasonable chance to respond to an institution or individual. Sources have told ESPN there will be a legal battle if there is a punitive suspension by the Big Ten to Jim Harbaugh. So by Pete saying, don't expect a decision in the next 48 hours. I take that to mean we should be expecting a decision much sooner than we've been talking about, right? We've been talking about this as though it will drag well beyond the college football playoff. If he's saying don't expect it in the next 48 hours, that means to me we certainly should expect to see it in the next week or two, which means something's coming down from the Big Ten soon. First of all, it's, it's hilarious that I can Google Big Ten sportsmanship policy and a PDF <laughs> pops up because right. that's a thing. Uh, I think the reason this could be expedited, though, is because this is the Big Ten, right? Not the NCAA that's running this investigation. The NCAA investigations are, always move at a glacial pace. I, I think the Big Ten at least has a reasonable chance to do something reasonably quickly. There's also a lot of pressure from all the other Big Ten schools, I would imagine, applying to the conference and saying, look, this is ridiculous. You guys can't wait until Jim Harbaugh's coaching the Raiders to come down with a heavy hand. Mm. You agree with that? It's the Chargers he's going to be coaching, by the way, not the Raiders. I think Antonio Pierce is going to keep that job. I think the Raiders might make the playoffs, but that's a whole different conversation. Everything, every impression I'm getting is that it is going to be heavy. Like They're going to come down on him hard. The only time I would have more confidence in the NCAA to do something than the Big Ten is in the area of how punitive their decision will be because they don't have a vested interest or at least the same vested interest in Michigan's success as the Big Ten does. The reality is last year they got two teams into the college football playoff uh, semifinals. That could easily happen again this year. I mean, if Michigan and Ohio State play one of these last-minute thrillers, Ohio State has already banked a huge win against Notre Dame and whatever else. Um, is it possible that we see the loser of that game get in? I think it's possible. So are they going to take Harbaugh out for the rest of the season? Are they going to give them some sort of they can't be the champion, can't play for the Big Ten championship? Can you imagine a world in which they decide, okay, Michigan is not eligible to play for the Big Ten championship this year, then they beat Ohio State Ohio State still winds up playing in the Big Ten championship game against, I don't know, Wisconsin or Iowa. Their win means nothing, and the Big Ten gets left out entirely. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. Like, the Big Ten has a lot of conflicting interest here. I mean, there isn't that much of a conflict. The Big Ten's in the, in the office there. Like, they want Michigan in the playoff because that is millions more dollars for their, for their institutions. Like, that's, that's a very difficult place to be in, but at the same time, it's important that they capitulate to the other teams in their conference, not just allow money to be the deciding factor. That's going to be a very tough needle to thread, especially when you feel the pressure of doing something really, really fast. Okay, so now let's get back. So that's the story that we have there, and we'll continue with it as best as we can. In the meantime, let's come back to the conversation amongst our group. We have the hashtag Greeny Crew, the hashtag crew. You can be a part of our nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Uh, Bubba, am I told that you and Cam watched the Eagles and Cowboys together yesterday? 
The second half, yeah. I was watching. Were you games. in the office? No, I was at a uh, a bar in, in Southington, uh, the town next to Bristol. Uh, Chicago the game, Sam's? The game was shot for some unknown reason because of the, the Giants It game. was not Chicago Sam's. Yeah, not Chicago Sam's. The Cowboys-Eagles game, 99% of the country was able to watch it. I was not able to watch it here in Connecticut. so I Because you had the bar. Giants. Yep, so I had to go out and watch it. I think for the first time probably in my life, Cowboys-Eagles, I had to go to a bar No and watch YouTube it. TV for you? I do not have it, no. You I mean, because the Cowboys to... are on. Like, every game is going to be on. You didn't go over to Chris Russo's house to watch his YouTube TV? No, I, nah. I, I think he's still setting it up. So wait a minute. So so Cam, you went over to watch this game with Bubba, just the two of you? Yeah, I was uh, watching the first half at home, and then I had I'd played pickleball in the morning, so I had to shower at halftime, and then I drove over at halftime. We watched the second half together. And, and, and it was you, very stressful. It was just you? You were the only one who was invited? He invited Eric, and Eric did not show up. It was just Bubba and I that made it to Wooden Tap. I continue to say that there is no such thing as Eric. Right? I mean, Bubba invited Cam and Eric, and in and, and what can only be described as no surprise, Cam showed up and Eric did not. Eric always manages to have other plans at times when any of us wants to verify his existence. Right. So, once again, I accuse you of making up Eric. That said, Bubba, can you describe the emotions? Okay, let me take you through this. Yeah. Touchdown, Schoonmaker. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He's an inch short. Two-point conversion is good. No, wait, 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 wait. He stepped out of bounds by an inch. First and goal from the six. Wait, 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 wait. We got a penalty. We got a sack. We don't clock it. We throw a terrible incompletion. We get a delay of game. Right. And then we throw the ball short of the end zone. And once again, time runs out on the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it was a mix of a lot of emotions. I think first, you, I just kind of always go back to uh, what Stephen A. says, what can go wrong will go wrong. And I think in this sense, I think he, he was right. But, I, you know, I, I think a, a lot of those things you, you brought up just goes back to the play calling or McCarthy and, and just the discipline of the team. Like, uh, the route that Schoomaker uh, ran, like, it made no He was not in the end zone. So it, I, bl- I don't blame that on Dak at all. He threw a perfect pass right to him. He ran a route, and he cut in before he was in the end zone. So that was a, a problem there. You know, yes, Dak should have known where the out-of-bounds was, and Dak's sack was bad for sure. But I, most of the other stuff I'm blaming on the coaching and the, the play at the end too. I mean, C.D. Lamb stopping before the end zone, I think I'm okay with that because if he was in the end zone, it was there were six eagles there. But to me, I think they should have had some sort of a hook and ladder or some – to me, that's just a bad play call. Like, I don't think it's Dak's fault that he threw it because what else was C.D. Lamb going to do? They look – completely discombobulated in the biggest moments. Let's say it. Right, yeah. They have a chance to win the game. When they get sacked, first of all, it's inexcusable. The right tackle, bad Karen sack. Steele, yeah, I mean, sucks. Steel He's was, terrible. Still got, you and know, he blown got up the obliterated whole the whole game. So whether that's Dak's fault or not. But at that moment, you have to clock the ball. Greg Olson is screaming at the television. Right. How much time is left when they finally get everybody back to the line of scrimmage? He was sacked at 27 seconds. He, he threw the incompletion at five. Uh, they right. wasted 22 seconds. Wasted 22 <laughs> seconds. Now, 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 you can't clock the ball immediately, obviously. Everyone's got to get back and they have to get lined up. But but the 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 uh, Greg Olson is screaming at the, even if they had taken a penalty there and a ten second runoff they're in better shape than this they only got off one play they had yeah, first they, and they goal ran a, from the they six they only play, got off three yeah. plays and lost twenty one yards play they were running <laughs> they only got just, off three plays yeah it was it was bad and I know I think like it just it just all these end of game plays go back to one person it's Mike McCarthy that's my point that's the consistent thing here Hembo said it to me so well. The clock always runs out on them. You said that to me this morning. It's That's unbelievable. No, that, that sequence is the perfect microcosm 
of Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys. You have, you have an opportunity six yards away from winning the game, and you wind up throwing a ball from the 27-yard line, and that's your third, that's, you only get three plays off. Three plays off in 27 seconds. It's I mean, he, impossible. He wanted to, to blame believe. Kellen Moore last year, but now he's in charge of everything. He's in charge of the offense, so he has to be on top of these things. They're 29th in the red zone this year. They were first last year with, with Kellen Moore. They were first. Mm. Their attention to detail is wretched. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, what a day it was. You can make a 30 for 30 out of that game alone. All right, we have so much more to do as we continue on this Monday after. Stay with us on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.